Hi there, it's Lauren. Today I'm sharing a conversation I had with Danielle Knoll, who is a strong, bright, and beautiful woman inside and out. Credential-wise, she's a registered nurse, has a master's in nursing, she's a wife, crossfitter, and coach, but more importantly, she is a leader everywhere she goes and is shining a path for others to follow in her footsteps of creating a genuinely happy life. I met Danielle when I was still working as a bedside nurse and just starting my own self-discovery journey, which seems like a different life. She saw my transformation from a burnout, new mom, working full-time, in grad school (laughs) full-time, yikes, I do not miss that, to building a life that I truly loved, which allowed me to have more time focusing on wellness and mindset and sharing those practices with others. Soon, she found herself feeling burnout. And I had the pleasure of working with her during part of her journey as she was building her brand, Find Your Fire Wellness. I love that title because it encompasses her story and her mission perfectly. When you hear her share, you'll hear how she found her own fire. And since then, she's been letting that fire be a light to other women. I know you'll be inspired by today's episode, so let's just dive in. Danielle Noel, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I'm excited to dive in. This is going to be good. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you are someone that when I met was just kind of a rock star, right? I (laughs) met you in a leadership role. And (laughs) as I've gotten to know you, I've just been so impressed with your character, with your integrity, with how well-rounded you are. And just seeing your story transform from someone in this healthcare space in a leadership role and then got burnout, took that and made changes. Seeing you today, someone who is so relaxed and confident and inspiring other people is such a beautiful story. And I want everyone to hear this. So thank you for sharing with us. I'm so, I'm excited, clearly, clearly excited. Well, thank you for all the compliments. (laughs) I just see you how you've kind of lit a path for people. And I want to take them through that so that if they find themselves at any step that they can relate with what you've been through, they can learn from that. So tell us how you got to where you were when this started. Tell us a little about your background. Yeah, so I, I know you and I had talked a little bit. I've always kind of just, I guess, innately been a leader like it's just a normal thing for me um I don't have some big like falling in love with nursing or healthcare story I hear that so much and god bless people that that's like their calling in life but it just kind of happened like you know I was like oh I'm just gonna go be a nurse and then it just was kind of a natural progression for me to be in a leadership role um you know I didn't have some big epiphany and I went through and I went to you know I got my bachelor's and I was a nurse I was a critical care nurse for a long time and then I went and I got my master's degree and I'm like, hey, let's do this leadership thing. And it was all well and good and, and wonderful, um, except really early in my leadership career, I was sitting in a boardroom and I was like, I don't know, 27 or 28, right? Like thinking this is all great. And they're talking to me about the types of leaders that you want to, you know, they want to see and who do we want to be? And I was like, well, it's my job to take care of the people that report to me. And at that point in time, it was like 50 or 60, I don't even know, 70 people. It was a good amount of people. I was like, 
because if I don't take care of them, they can't take care of the patients and you know, that's their job. Right. And I got looked at, like, that was like the most radical idea and not in a good way. Yeah. Like you had three heads. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what is happening? Like I'm staring at all these people, like who've been in this profession in various ways in healthcare for years. And I'm like, how is that not my job? And at that point in time at whatever, 27 years old, I was like, that's not who I want to be as a leader to think that that's weird. And that kind of shaped my leadership style, if you will. Absolutely. I think it just speaking to your character that you care about people and you want to treat people well and care for them well. It's sad that that is a radical idea. That's why it's so important to have leaders like you out in the world because clearly it's a need. So as you were finding yourself in circumstances with people that clearly did not have the same vision as you, I mean, externally, it looked like you're crushing it, right? You're that young, but in a leadership space, having the credentials and roles that people decades older than you typically have, right? You are extremely physically fit. You're in a marriage. It looks like your life is going so beautifully, but what did it feel like internally? How did you know things weren't in alignment? Complete chaos internally. My chest would be tight a lot. Everything annoyed me, like everything. Like my husband was breathing, you're breathing too loud type of annoying. <laughs> you know, and nobody, nobody wants to live with a person like that. Like it's, that's terrible. And then it evolved into being unhappy at work. And, you know, you can kind of keep that stuff a secret for a little bit. Like you yeah. can like internalize it and push it down. Um, and then at home, when my work phone would ring or text, which was always, I literally had physical symptoms. Like I would jump, I would get palpitations. I would get like tachycardic. My heart would start beating kind of fast. Like I would, wow. my palms would sweat. I was like, oh my God, like I would cry. I'm not, I'm not a crier naturally. Like that's yeah. just not a normal part of my life. And then I think people, you know, in my professional space really like started to notice, like I finally just kind of let my frustrations out, which isn't kind of my personality either. It's not really how I roll. It was kind of a downward spiral from there, you know, from Mm -hmm. really holding onto those physiological symptoms. And I was just like, this is awful. And then I realized I was burnt out. Like I was like, oh, that's what this is. (laughs) It's amazing how your body was speaking to you so loudly Mm-hmm. And I know we'll get into some of the internal changes and external changes that you went through, but it'd be curious. I know that you wouldn't let it get to that point now. No, <laughs> because of the work that you've done, that you're so in tune with yourself. But before you had the skills to do that and know what those signs meant and how to interpret them and listening in to your heart ahead of time, it almost takes that extreme of physical symptoms of anxiety, that tight chest, that short of breath, that lump in your throat or nausea, palm sweating, heart racing, anxiety symptoms, your body screaming, this is not right for me. Yeah. Did you have a specific point where you realized I have to listen to this? Like, was there a moment that it shifted or you just got tired of feeling that way? Um, I mean, I got tired of feeling that way and I don't know if there was necessarily a defining moment. There might've been a few of them where I really just felt used and abused in my career space. Like, Mm. well, why aren't you there working 65 hours a week? Why aren't you answering your phone at two in the morning? Why every time that somebody calls you, don't you go to work, whether it's 2 PM on a Sunday or 2 AM on a Tuesday. And that was just such a consistent expectation. And I just finally said, no, I said, I'm not doing it. And I started drawing lines. 
standing up for your boundaries that are healthy to have. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it was an ongoing thing and I, I just said enough. I can't. Yeah. I mean, good for you though. Cause I'm sure there are people listening and millions of people around the world, especially women in healthcare. I think that specific role draws people with huge compassionate hearts and we want to help, right? We want to serve in any way we can, but that can get abused. We extend ourselves so much, but I think we do have to ask, you know, for what? At the end of the day, we have our own families who need us and our own loved ones who need us. And if we are giving everything to the job, we have nothing left for ourselves. We have nothing left for our loved ones. So I think it's important just to help people realize you don't have to sacrifice everything for a job. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't even know who I was anymore. Like I had wrapped my whole identity around this career and degrees and a salary and a title. And when I'm 35, I'm going to be this title. And when I'm 40, I'm going to be this for what to be unhappy. (laughs) Yeah. You can have all the accolades, but if at the end of the day, you're sitting there not satisfied, what's the point? Yeah. It was just so crazy to me. I was like, why? Like I could do something that makes me happy and be just as comfortable and I'm not just as happy. Who am I getting way happier and be just as comfortable (laughs) in my life? Yeah. There are options. You just have to seek them out. I love that. Can we say that again? There are options. There are (laughs) options. I think that's common too. People get used to feeling like that because they felt like that for so long and they're going through the motions and they talk to their coworkers who are equally as unhappy and they think it's normal. They think this is the status quo. I want to shout from the rooftops that you get to choose how you feel. You get to choose what you do. You get to choose how your life goes. And yes, there's always going to be circumstances out of our control, but let's control the things we can, which is how we feel and what we do. So tell us what type of things did you start changing? What were the first things that you did? Yeah. You know, I I spoke a little to drawing boundaries, which didn't make me a a favorite with my (laughs) leadership, as you can imagine. Of course not. How dare you not? Right. (laughs) The people that get bothered by boundaries are the ones that are abusing them. Yep. Yeah. So that uh, really made me not a, not a favorite. And I kind of learned how to not be a favorite, right? Like I I've always worked really hard and whatever I'm doing for a living and it's not normal for me to, maybe you don't necessarily like me personally, but professionally I'm I'm usually pretty good. And uh, I kind of immediately got tossed to the side. Like she's a difficult, like I got that difficult label, right? A difficult woman. How dare you be so strong? (laughs) God forbid I have a backbone. So that was, that was interesting to kind of navigate those waters. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to me that it was female leaders, um, women, not backing women. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is how it is. Okay. Um, and it really just pushed me even more to do my job, but draw my boundaries. And I really developed the the leaders, my assistants, whom, you know, I had working with me so they could do their jobs better and more of my job because I knew I was on my way out. Yeah. Um, And I started looking for a new job. Once I really focused on myself emotionally and spiritually and mentally, it was like this all encompassing change. It was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to feel this way here are my boundaries. And I could slowly feel internally that, that shift. And it gave me more energy to look for another job. Um, look for another career, or even I can't even say another job. I don't even yeah. do the same thing anymore. You took a and, uh, big pivot. <laughs> I did. did. I did. So once I was confident 
you know, that I, I was headed out, I spoke honestly with, you know, the couple of leaders who reported to me and said, here's what we're looking at. I don't have offers right now, but this is the direction I'm taking. You're doing all this other stuff and learning more things because I need to go and I don't want to blindside you because that, that's not fair either. Yeah. And I think, again, speaking to your character, I'm going to keep saying this because (laughs) you want to set them up for success. You want to care for them well, and you want to be transparent. And I think that's a beautiful way to go about that. So physically, you're setting boundaries at work. You're training the people that are going to be taking over for you. You're starting to put feelers out for next roles. Did you know exactly what you wanted to do when you were looking at jobs? No. And that was, that was a problem. And it's actually something I I've shared with friends, family, people whom I've coached that I wasted a lot of time, not knowing and just applying to a plethora of things that looking back, a lot of them, I'm so glad never (laughs) works out. You know, I still stayed within the system I was in and like interviewed for multiple, like higher level jobs. And I would always get to the last two out of like 40 or 50 people. And every time they were like, yeah, you just don't have enough experience. And I'm like, then, you know, they have 10 more years. And why'd you bring me up this high in the interview process? Right. But the turning point for me to look at a totally new career was, and I, God bless, you know, this person in the C-suite who was just honest. She was like, you're qualified. You know what you're doing. You just don't have a passion for leadership anymore. And I was like, I was angry. Right. I was like, Mm. who are you? Wow. when I sat back and thought about it, even the next day, I was like, she's right. I want to do this. This is awful. This has been an awful experience for the past couple of years. That is really awesome that she was able to verbalize that and see it in you. But hearing you tell your story, right? You've been surrounded by people who are doing things differently than you want to do. Your peers are not in alignment with who you are and your values. And what a struggle day to day when you're surrounded by people that don't have the same heart and mission that you do. It's just, you're in that incongruence constantly. It's like always putting a facade on. And then when you don't, you're ostracized, right? (laughs) Yeah. You're the type of person who is a leader everywhere she goes. So whether the title is saying it or not, you're leading people everywhere. It's just who you are. Sure. I would agree with that. So tell us more about the internal shift. So it sounds like you were creating space for yourself because of the boundaries you set to really tune in and figure out what is it that I want? What type of pivot do I need to be making? Can you tell us about the internal work you were doing? Yeah. So I had done a lot of journaling and sometimes, and I know in the past you and I have talked about it, like brain dump, you know, get all your thoughts out on paper. Um, And I really just started writing things that came to mind immediately about a career, right? Like I didn't think about it. Like I was like, stop like planning this. Like, what do you actually want? And I would just write it down. And so it was more intuition instead of the intelligent mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't, I used to think you had to be logical about everything. And that doesn't always bring you happiness because when you dissect everything, it it takes the fun out of it, right? It takes the you part out of it because you're going to separate you're going to separate yourself from logic. Cause I do a lot of things logically that I'm like, Oh, that wasn't fun. I didn't really want to do that, but I had to do it. So yeah, I like, I just started, just write it down. What do you actually want internally? And every time very similar themes came up after wasting a lot of time applying to everything, I finally started focusing and researching specific companies, you know, working in healthcare, you, you meet a lot of vendors and people from different companies. I just yeah. started researching them all. 
I said, how do we do this? Yeah. So if you were to do it again, I'm curious, what process would you do? Would you have not applied right away? Would you have waited? Yeah. Because or did you learn during the applications? Was that helpful? I guess it was helpful at that point in time, but if I had to do it again, knowing what I know, it's a full-time job looking for another job. I wasted a lot of time and gave myself more undue stress mm -hmm. trying to do cover letters and alter my resume to match the verbiage on the technical skills. Yeah. yeah I would be a little more focused um, because it would save my, my energy. Yeah. Just tuning in and getting clear on what to pursue before you pursue it. Yep, exactly. Journaling, doing the brain dumps, really tuning in. Were you crying. doing anything? <laughs> crying. But that's that's a good release, right? I mean, especially if that's out of character for you. Clearly, this mm -hmm. was a big shift that was happening on all these levels. It's like a pressure valve that needs to release. There's too much stress. I think I think it's really healthy and encouraged. For sure. <laughs> What kind of habits were you changing day to day? Was there anything that was changing about how you were doing things? Uh, like work related, because I was still working. I stopped getting up at four o'clock every morning and making sure I was at work at five, five thirty. You know, when you work in a 24 seven environment, it's, there's a lot of pressure to be there to see all of your shifts. And if you don't work at least 10 hours every day, what are you doing? Mm. So I, I kind of just stopped that. I still did my job and I still saw both my shifts, but the 10, 11, 12 hour days ceased unless it was a crisis. Once eight hours was up, I was like, I got to go. Um, I really, Good for yeah. You. And I still continued to work out, but I wasn't enjoying it because I was so physically and mentally and emotionally tired and, mm -hmm. it's, you know, sleep wasn't helping that. I did more journaling. Um, I did a lot of praying mm -hmm. a lot of, and I didn't know necessarily even what I was praying for other than to feel better. And to yeah. get myself out of this situation, you know, like I didn't, uh -huh. my mind was so chaotic. It's kind of funny thinking about it now. I, I don't know that I've actually taken the time to put the chaos into any type of organized manner because it's only yeah. been a few months. Yeah. It has been a whirlwind. It's been a lot of change really quickly. <laughs> yeah. But I think yep. that's important to recognize the emotional energy it takes to go through a transition like this to take the time to sit with yourself and do the soul searching and then the actual searching and the job that you actually have. Like you said, it's a full-time job researching something else. So the emotional expenditure is huge. Taking time to do more self-care, whether that's prayer or journaling or exercising or sleep or whatever you need is so important. So I'm glad that you mentioned that too, because if anyone finds themselves in that transition period, I talk to women all the time that beat themselves up for, oh, I, I haven't been able to exercise or I haven't been able to eat healthier. I haven't been able to take on a million things because of course, as women, we want to be juggling 4 million things at once all the time. And we can't <laughs> give ourselves a shred of grace. <laughs> Never. <laughs> but I want to acknowledge that, that these periods of chaos and transition, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to prioritize and say, this can wait. This needs to be my focus. My to-do list is to rest. Rest is productive and give yourself the permission to do that while you're juggling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crucial. And you're right. We forget that. Yeah. While you're taking a beat to reflect on this journey, what was the most challenging part for you? 
feeling, you feel like you failed, right? So like you're in the middle of it in the chaos. And like you said, you know, I get labeled difficult and all this other stuff uh, that I'm not accustomed to. And I was like, oh, well, is this what failure is? Like, I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we all fail at things, right? But usually you can correct it, correct the course. So that kind of felt like failing. And then even leaving my career, I was like, well, this wasn't my plan, right? Like, and I always stick to my plans. Mm -hmm. So as happy as I was, I was kind of like, oh, is that bad? You know, you question yourself, like in that lull period, you know, in between. Um, So feeling like, hey, I had this plan and I failed to execute this plan and then trying to wrap your brain around, but I'm happy simultaneously (laughs) for this change. It's like this total dichotomy. It is. I think that's your ego speaking up, right? That's your ego saying, I am job title. I am (laughs) leadership role. I am. Yep. X amount of salary. It's the ego feeling the resistance and discomfort of the shift. And it is wildly uncomfortable. It is screaming and crying and kicking, throwing a toddler tantrum through the transition, even though it's good. And I'm sure that is hard when you're trying to pick up the pieces of the plan that has now broken, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then getting to know yourself, it's like, oh, who am I? And And switching from the I am insert word to just being just I am sitting with yourself, getting to know yourself and letting that be okay. Stepping out of ego is a huge, humbling, hard process. (laughs) It is. I've had to catch myself multiple times. You know, people ask, and I think a lot of us do this. Oh, what do you do for a living? And, you know, you just said, I am insert whatever your type, that's not who I am, right? Like right? I'm a human. Like, that's not, not what that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I think we've talked about this before <laughs> privately. If you meet someone, you say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Oh, what do you do? Mm-hmm. So that we can put someone in a box in our own mind and put them in a category and stratify them however we see fit yep. instead of who are you? What do you enjoy? What makes you laugh? What lights you up? Great. No, for sure. You know, it's funny, it's even my introduction emails to customers, and I am very careful not to say, I am a, you know, insert my title, this is what I'm going to help you do. I, you know, I am, I work with this company, this is my role, and this is what my role does. And I've had to learn, like, how to even reword my emails, because I was like, but even that language shift, it feels different, doesn't it? My role at this company is, yep, but that's not who you are. Yep. Exactly, exactly. And I just had this conversation. Um, I have a very small team that I'm a part of now. And right now I'm one of the younger ones. And it's interesting because a lot of them are in that uh, mind frame, I guess. And very much their self-worth is tied to how they perform at their job. And like there was, it was a good conversation, but it, you know, it's, it's a group of women. And it was this conversation about, well, if I don't do well, and I, cause it's very business oriented and my numbers aren't met, my productivity is not where it should be. I'm a bad person. And I'm like, mm. no, that's, that, that's different. It's one thing to be upset because you didn't meet your goals, but it has nothing to do with who you are as a human. Yeah. Wow. So it was, it was really interesting and we could have went on forever. I was like, I'm so passionate about this. I'm going to take up the whole meeting. Let's just stop talking about it. <laughs> I think that's an important topic too, though. Women need to hear that all the time, that your identity isn't tied to your career, to your kids, to input, whatever it is for you. You are you. End of sentence. Yep. You don't have exactly. to add any of the externals. So what have been some of the best 
parts of the journey. Let's flip the coin to the positive yeah. side. That's um, the most rewarding part. Just being actually happy. And I, I guess the way I can put this into words, uh, there's two ways. The first time I was like, oh, I'm like for real happy, right? It's like we're, <laughs> <laughs> societal norm says somebody says A and we laugh because it's supposed to be funny, right? Like how many times do people force laughs? Like, oh, haha, whatever. I like actually for real laughed on like it just, came out of nowhere and I couldn't even have told you the last time like I didn't force a laugh that sounds so sad saying that out loud but it was true a I genuine was like, laugh yeah I like stopped and was like whoa and then I stopped and was like that sounded just like my mom's laugh but <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's weird but yeah it was it was like eye-opening and then saddening at the same time that it had been however oh, long wow. and then you know I I know I've shared with you in, in the past too in this might be another, look at, look at all the epiphanies you're giving me here. So my husband and I were out and I was in a, waiting for uh, the bathroom and there were two younger women in front of me. Um, like it was like a Sunday, you know, they were out drinking, having a good time and they were laughing and being loud and having a good time. And they immediately turned around and looked at me and they go, Oh, sorry. I was like, for what? Oh, well, we were, we're, we're kind of loud. And I'm like, I looked at him and I said, are you hurting anybody else? And they're like, and they kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Right? <laughs> And they're like, no. And I said, are you having fun? They go, yeah. I said, okay, then keep doing it. And I was like, oh, I actually really meant that for real. Like, so that's kind of the direction I take in my life now. Yeah. Wow. So what I heard from that is you're having genuine moments of joy. Yeah. And you're being very authentic. Yep. I don't have to put a facade on. So the rest of the world thinks I'm fine. Right. (laughs) And how's your energy? Because you're living in alignment (laughs) much like it's it's incredible what sleep doesn't fix when you're chronically stressed it just you can't get enough and it doesn't fix it you could sleep all day and you wake up and you feel just as terrible Mm. so tell us what life is like now share where the journey has taken you yeah so a few months before I took on my new career my husband and I sold our house because we well I like to do all of the big things at once and lump them all together to make it super stressful because that's fun so sold our house and we like live lakeside, like right by the beach now. And we're renting for the time being. So we don't have a bunch of house stuff to do anymore, which is odd because we had a lot of house stuff in our previous life. Uh, so I could walk down to the water. Um, I can kind of do my own thing clean. That's really all I have to do inside. Uh, as far as my job goes, I travel, I make my own schedule. As long as my work gets done and my numbers look good, it's life's kind of on my own terms home and at work. Wow. That sounds like such a big change from <laughs> being called at two in the morning yep. and oh, yeah. being expected to be working 10 to 12 hour days. Yeah. It's, it's huge. And they're big on boundaries. They're big on you're off. It's after business hours. We don't do that. Fridays for the most part, if there's internal meetings, they try to wrap them up by like one. It's wow. That's a life changing thing. It is. <laughs> and I, want to speak because I I've had experience with this too of when you get clear on your own boundaries and your own values it's easier to attract like-minded people and find a fit like that where the people that you're working with they have a similar mindset and goals and they get it versus when you're living in that incongruence disharmony friction (laughs) 
like attracts like. So when you yep. get clear internally of this is my boundary, this is what I stand for, this is what I'm looking for, and you're clear, it's so much easier to find that. So I think that internal work that you did helped you find such a good fit because you knew what you didn't want to compromise on anymore. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's hard when you're in the middle of it to even consider that there are actual things that you want to do out there. Yeah. Um, you just think it's like some pipe dream that people make up. And it, I used to be like, oh, people just think you can manifest whatever. Well, manifesting doesn't make it just fall from the sky magically. Like that's yeah. not, and that's how I always viewed it. You know, I was like, that's so stupid, but it's, that's not how it works. <laughs> you actually have to work. <laughs> yeah. What I'm learning more and more now is a lot of the work of manifestation or stepping into alignment or whatever you want to call it. A lot of it comes through being clear on who you are and allowing these things in. The work is dealing with the resistance. I heard Kathy Heller compare it to turning on a faucet, right? The faucet doesn't have to work to let the water flow through. All you have to do is open it up and let it flow. The faucet isn't working hard. It's, it's allowing it to do what's naturally happening. And yeah, I think I like when that. we're doing that internal work to clear any resistance, to open the pathways, to let things flow through, you're going to find those circumstances and have those serendipity moments where things seem like they are falling from the sky thinking, how did, how did this happen? How did I connect with so-and-so? Or I can't believe this, that the other fell into place so beautifully, but it's because you're a match for it. Like attracts like, I think there is a lot to say about the vibrations in the universe. I think it does. It just happens that way when we can just focus on who we need to be to feel the way we want to feel. And then the external things take care of themselves. If people can focus on the internal shifts that they need to make and who they need to become, it'll fall into place. That is why I am so confident that your life will continue to be big and beautiful and bright because who you are is someone who has a huge heart, who has high integrity, who's clear on her values, who's hardworking. There's no way your future is not bright. It's just, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. If someone finds themselves feeling burnt out or like they need a change, what advice would you give them? I guess number one, I, whether it's personal or professional, I, I think you have to look at where you're not drawing boundaries and you probably should. Um, you know, what immediately is sucking your time and your life and your energy that's not giving back to you? Mm. Uh, I think so often, and like you said, it's A, I think it's a, a big female trait and B, female or not working in healthcare, you're just kind of, you just serve and it's to the point of exhaustion with no return sometimes. And, mm. you know, you really have to look at your boundaries first and foremost, um, it, you know, and then I guess the rules that we've already talked about, right? Like, are you hurting anybody else? Nope. And are you happy doing what you're doing? Yep. Then that's probably what you should be doing. If your answers are otherwise, you probably need to reassess. I love that. It's very simple. If it doesn't hurt anybody and it's good for you, carry on. <laughs> yep. Yep. I actually had a great conversation with an Uber driver in Chicago last week about that. Like our whole like 45 minute trip through traffic to the airport. That's like what we talked about. It was, it was cool to have somebody else like on that same wavelength. Yeah. I just, I love how many little instances you shared of these really authentic, genuine, joyful moments. Yeah. They're everywhere, aren't they? <laughs>
when you're living in alignment, they really are. <laughs> I hope there aren't people rolling their eyes feeling like that can't be them because a year and a half ago, did you feel like this could be you? No, I was going to say, I, I hope there are people rolling their eyes and they can certainly reach out because uh, I was one of those people. So uh, no judgment. I get it. I get being the, yeah. the eye roller at some of this stuff. And no, I think real. we've both been there. <laughs> we've we been on that have. side. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. So if someone is hearing this and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I am exactly where she is. I need more of her in my life. Where can people connect with you? How can they find you? Yeah. So there's a couple of ways. Um, my Instagram is at Danielle underscore Noel. Uh, and then I also have a website uh, for a coaching business. It's findyourfirewellness.com. They can always contact me on there through email um, or just email findyourfirewellness at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you want to share? Just thank you for having me. And it's been a pleasure being here and a pleasure knowing you. It, it really has been quite a journey. I appreciate you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Wow. So many awesome takeaways from that conversation with Danielle. Here's what we learned. Our bodies give us physical signs when we're operating out of alignment. Listen to them before they're screaming. You don't have to wait until you're completely burnt out to make changes. Draw boundaries so you have more time and energy to spend on what's most important to you. You have options. You can do what makes you happy. Seek that out. To discover who you are and what you want, take time to journal, cry, brain dump, pray, listen to your intuition. Let go of some of the logic. Look for themes and what comes up and start researching. Periods of transition take a lot of emotional energy. Give yourself extra rest and self-care. Don't beat yourself up for not doing it all in those seasons. Your identity is separate from anything external. You are not your career, job title, salary, etc. You are. End of sentence. Are you hurting anybody else? No. Are you happy doing what you're doing? Yes. That's probably what you should be doing. If your answers are otherwise, you need to reassess.